0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: You are listening to the Go Birds Podcast. Come on, Rob!
2: Welcome back to the PQ Restaurant Point of Sale post-game show. Rob Ellis John Ritchie. First time all post-game show. We're dealing with a loss. 3221 to the Washington Commanders, joining us as he does each and every post game show, you could hear him Saturdays one to three with James Seltzer, Go Birds, and of course the Go Birds podcast and the varying shows during the week. The one and only Elliot Sure Parks, Elliot, how are you, my man?
3: What's up? How are you guys doing,
2: Elliot? This I'm is these frustrated. are our, yeah, these are strange waters that we're we're sifting yeah. through right now. Um, let's dig through a couple things here, Elliot. Uh, let's start with the first half, and we'll get to. You know, some of the controversial non calls or calls or whatever, but uh fifty one to nineteen. That were the offensive plays that Washington ran to the Eagles. Fifty one for Washington, nineteen for the Eagles, the time of possession, twenty three forty nine to six eleven. And that reeks of unable to get off the field. But give me your impressions of what went down in the first half.
3: Yeah, I went back and looked, and if you remember the first game of Chip Kelly's head coaching career, that first half, how blown away the entire league was with the amount of plays he was able to run. He ran 53 plays in that first half that game. They ran 51 tonight, right? (laughs) So the sheer number of plays they ran in the first half, I think it's extremely concerning. And look, one loss is not the end of the world, but I don't think there's any way around this. That was the blueprint for how to beat the Eagles in the right. first half. Like, all these other teams are going to watch that tape, or yeah. really any tape for the last few games, and say, this is how you come out and beat the Eagles. They cannot stop the run right now. I mean, to only have six minutes of possession in the first half is insane. I think Washington had four scoring drives alone that were over six minutes. So, if they're not going to be able to stop the run, again, also, let's be honest, not a good running team, yeah, that's what you're going to see. They're barely going to have the ball.
1: How much faith do you have that Gannon will get our run corrected?
3: I don't think this is about Gannon. Um, Now, I have not rewatched the game yet. Watching it live, it did seem to me like they were getting in a fair amount of five-man fronts. But I think this is more about they do not have good run-stopping defensive tackles. Like, when Javon Hargrave isn't here next year, it'll be because of games like tonight. He's not good against the run. He's excellent against the pass. He is not a good run defender. Milton Williams, not a good run defender. Fletcher Cox, not a good run defender, right? Like, they don't have good run-stopping defensive tackles. So, yes, ultimately it is on Gannon to come up with a scheme to to figure out how to stop that, I I guess. But when you have four defensive tackles that can't stop the run, it's going to be really hard to to stop the run. And it's not even like they were great tonight against the run. They just consistently got four or five yards, right? There was no long 30-yard run or anything like that. It was up front that they got right through.
1: How much were the Eagles smelling themselves tonight?
3: I really don't think that's it. I, I just think that they have a flaw, and the flaw is they can't stop the run. Right? I, I don't buy the whole "this is good for them" thing. I don't think a loss is how they can learn. Like if you're a good team, you can learn off of wins too. And, you know, I, I don't yeah. think that this was the result of them being too cocky or anything. I think this was the result of them being unable to stop the run and and the offense not being able to get on the field.
1: What was the sentiment in the locker room?
3: Well, there was a lot of talk about the Brandon Graham call, right? Just in terms of you know, was it a good call? Was it not? But I do think that the sentiment was also, you know, that they that they could learn from this and that you know they didn't play well and that don't you know it's not on the referees and those type of things. Like I, I mean, this team does a very good job of saying the right thing after games. Very rarely will you get bulletin board material out of this team and. I think that's because of the leadership. I think Sirianni and Hurt say the right thing after the game, but the message was very much, you know, Washington played a good game, and we also made mistakes. Right. Yeah,
2: Elliot, I mean, you look at it. The, the Going into the game, the two Achilles, Achilles heels were run defense, special teams, and they were on full display tonight. You know, once again, they can't return anything. There was that weird yeah. Sippo's... You know, was it a fake? Was he just avoiding the, the the rush? They had to kick it again because there was a penalty. Reed Blankenship early gets the roughing. I mean, you know, eventually these things are going to bite you in the rear end.
3: Yeah, and I thought the the Blankenship penalty early on was surprising. How hard they went after that punt in that spot. I mean, he almost got it right. So you know, if, if he if he tips it and he blocks it, everyone's saying what a fantastic play. But yeah, I mean, the the special teams have been in, have been an issue for a while. But the other thing too is. Like, they've been fantastic with turnovers, and I'm not saying after tonight that that's going to plummet in the opposite direction, but for them to be plus 15, like, that was almost – they were not going to sustain that, right? Right. So I think tonight you just kind of saw, like – if this Eagles team isn't winning the turnover battle, and this isn't breaking NFL analysis, but if they're going to lose the turnover battle and maybe those games are coming up, like, yeah, it's going to be really hard to win.
1: Sure. I mean, that's the way it works in the NFL. That's why the the whole 17 and O discussion was so obscene to me because things don't always go perfect. And it felt like the first eight games of the year, it was as close to perfect as it gets for, for mm-hmm. Eagles, uh, for Eagles fans. Uh, do the Eagles acknowledge that the special teams has these shortcomings? Because it doesn't seem like much emphasis has been made to change anything.
3: Um, when you say they acknowledge it, I mean they they kind of answer it. I guess the same way they answer most things, which is of course they can get better. Uh, I think when you're eight and zero, like mm-hmm. I will, I do think yeah. special team struggles are probably one thing that are they're not talked about a lot, but. But I also think one of the reasons the special team struggles is because they don't really prioritize spots on the roster for special teams. If you remember under Chip, under Andy, and then, you know, to a certain extent under Doug, they would keep guys that were pretty much just special teamers, Chris Maragos, Rudy Ford, uh, Brian Brayman, like guys that were just basically here to grade on special teams. The guys playing specialty now are, are players like N'Kobe Dean, like guys that they're developing for next year. So Michael Clay, the, the special teams coach, certainly deserves blame. But I also think it's somewhat of a um, like a front office decision not to keep players that are just really good on special teams.
1: Hey, was anything asked uh, to, to, to anyone about that Sipos uh, sort of fake thing? Because you bring up the name Nickobe N- Dean. I have no idea what he was doing on that play. He was a wing. It looked like he just immediately released and went downfield and then looked back for a pass or something. Maybe he realized, like, whoa, I think I was supposed to block somebody on that play. Was that covered at all in the postgame? So Michael Clay doesn't talk after games, um, and I
3: was not around any of the players that were asked about it. Uh, He does speak on Tuesday. So, you know, he'll be asked then, but no, I, I was not around anybody
2: okay. that, that talked about it. All right, Ali, I, I do want to sneak one more in. It, it, it's obvious they missed the Goddard one. I, I didn't think the Brandon Graham thing was a bad call. In fact, by the letter of the law, I thought it was the right call. But what was your stance on that?
3: Yeah, I thought it was the right call. I mean, you know, you. I think though the debate is, do you call it in that spot, right? But if you think the game should be wrapped the same throughout the game, I mean, Tyler, I mean, like Heineke is down to the point where he's getting back up. Yeah, like right. he had clearly exactly. given himself up. And if look, if someone had pushed Brandon into him or if it was closer, yeah. then I think you can say that's a little ticky-tack. But he had a good two, three steps you know, until he got into him, So I, I think it was the right call.
2: All right, Elliot, we appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next Sunday after the Colts game. Thanks for your time. Yep,
3: sounds good. All talk right, together. you got it.
2: That's Elliot Sherparks.